Listening to the Careers Talk podcast series, Assault Studios production. Cam Truman loved his school days and spent a lot of his time involved with music, but didn't do as well in subjects like maths. While wanting to be a bass guitarist, Cam eventually caved to the encouragement of his music teacher to play trombone instead. Little did Cam know, it was training his ear for his future career. It would seem obvious that a career in music was a given for Cam, but it wasn't so straightforward. In this episode, Cam talks about his education and explains what led to him at first wanting to pursue a military career. Cam, thank you very much for sitting down and having a chat. Let's go right back to where it all began. Karingle Park College, did you like high school? I did. I did like high school. You know, like most teens, I think I was trying to find my feet through that process and music was always for me all the way through school. I was, you know, heavily committed to the the school band at that time and yeah, always was heavily involved with, with that. So I really liked kind of that element to it. I didn't uh, perform so well in uh, math. English was a good side for me, but um, yeah, music kind of always had my back. So that was my kind of escapism a little bit or kept me out of trouble somewhat. Where did that come from? Did you come from a, a family of musicians or was it just something you developed yourself? It was something I kind of developed myself. My sister had played and yeah, it was it was through the family a little bit, but nobody was a musician specifically. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I think in year seven, I um, signed up and decided to play trombone. I think that was the only instrument that was available at the time. How very cool of you. I know, so very cool. You know, I wanted to uh, I wanted to be in a rock band, so I just wanted to play bass guitar. It's the instrument to choose, the trombone. No, well, the, t- the music teacher was like, you're not doing that, you're doing trombone. Oddly enough, my music teacher, Bill Post, ended up being a really great mentor of mine through, through school. And he always advocated for me to pursue trombone. He was like, take a brass instrument, you know, you'll get session work, you'll get lots of work out of that if you want to pursue this outside of... And I was like, oh, I don't know, I just want to be a, I just want to be in a rock band and play bass guitar. <laughs> like, I remember back when I was at high school and I got the saxophone and the only reason I got that is because I did some sort of a test where it indicated that you, you will naturally be good at this. Was that similar for you as well? Is that where trombone came from? My sister played trumpet during school. She, my sister's 12 years older than me and she played trumpet and I was like, trombone, trumpet's the same thing. And I was like, how did you find it? She goes, I kind of enjoyed it. So I was like, all right, I'll, uh, I'll do trombone. <laughs> when did you realise trombone was not for you? Oddly enough, trombone is obviously doesn't have any valves or keys. So oddly enough, it ended up being a really beneficial inf- instrument for me to key onto because it's really based on intonation. So because you use a slider to get the pitch of the notes, it really ear trained me early on, oddly enough, to what I you know I kind of think forward to where I am now. It actually really gave me a good sense of pitch relativity and all that. So yeah, kind of oddly enough, it was a good instrument of choice. I can highly recommend it. <laughs> okay, so you mentioned there that you're not really good at maths, you're not that great at English. Was it always for you going to be a career in music? No, it was not. I had found myself in the Army Cadets by the age of 13 and definitely wanted to pursue a military career. My father had served in national service and always to be enlisted into Vietnam. So he had done some army service and there was a cadet program that had come up locally to me. And he said, why don't you go down and give it a try and see if you like it? And I did, and I really, really enjoyed it. 
so throughout school, it was this kind of juxtaposition between music and the um, and the military as well. Did that take you away from your studies? So you stopped high school to go and do the, the, the military training or you were doing sort of all three together? No. So the Army Cadets, it's kind of like the reserves equivalent. So it would be, I think it was one night a week, Tuesday or maybe Thursday nights after school at a local barracks near down near Frankston and Baxter, actually. No, never took away from school, but there were obviously um, camps and orientations that would happen during school holidays. I think the enlistment was 12 to 18-year-olds or 18, 19. What were some of the things you were learning there at the cadets? Oh, just such an array of things. The big thing was a leadership program. So I was promoted from, you know, went, went through ranks of corporals, um, actually made it into a company sergeant major position. So I was actually leader of, of the company, which was at that time around 90 to 100 kids. So yeah, there was a lot of, yeah, there was a lot of leadership studies in that, a lot of practical engineering, as well as orienteering and um, survival and so many gamuts, uh, even through to arms training and some artillery kind of overview as well because the barracks that we were at was an artillery barracks so they covered a little bit of that. What did you learn about being a leader at such a young age? That really helped me a lot to just find who I am you know obviously being a teen you're wandering through the dark trying to discover who you are as, as a person and where that fits in. I think the army cadets for me was so beneficial in that sense. It really gave me a sense of just purpose and belonging. And as soon as I got a taste of actually leading, even in small groups, I was able to kind of latch onto that and really brought a lot of confidence. I'm naturally kind of introverted, but it, it tended to bring a lot of um, confidence and a bit more yeah, self-confidence, really. Did you not find that purpose at high school then? Was that uh, a different situation for you and you finally awoken, so to speak, when you were at the cadets? And you, Is that a fair assessment? Definitely, yeah. I think school didn't really give that to me that, that obviously army training did, you know. There was a real sense of camaraderie that I was getting from the military as opposed to school a little bit, you know, like... I think I never found that structure that I quite had, obviously, with, with the cadet training and... And then that definitely in the later years of my schooling through high school definitely interjected itself into high school a little bit more and I was able to stay a little bit more focused and, you know, kind of keen on my studies a little bit more. So where was the point then that you realised music was for you and, and perhaps maybe the army wasn't? So life changed and I, I had always thought that I would just pursue a, a military career and had intended to... Um, uh, leave and I wanted to move up to Canberra and either join uh, one RAR, like the infantry battalion up there, um, and just pursue a career that way. I found a girlfriend at the time and kind of fell in love and then I was like, oh, do I want to move away? And it kind of all fell by the wayside. Music was always there. I was always playing that, but I'd never really thought at that point that that was going to be a career choice for me. There was no one in your corner then helping you to make some decisions or ask some questions around the type of career that you wanted? Not at that time. I mean, there definitely wasn't a careers advisor. I just remember, I think I'd kind of lost my way a little bit by year 11 and probably didn't really pursue it as much. You know, I think I obviously thought, well, if this military thing's not going to pan out, then maybe I should pursue music a little bit more and I kind of missed the opportunity a little bit with really trying to flesh that out a little bit more as well. So I tended to lose my way a, a pinch towards the end of VCE, I think. 
Given you're staring down the barrel of leaving school and needing to go into university or go into a trade or you know, make a career move, uh, were you a little bit apprehensive about what your future was going to involve? Absolutely. So by the end of year 12, I left and obviously seeked employment. And at that time, I digressed and worked. My, my stepdad worked at a bakery, worked at Tip Top Bakeries and offered me a position in there and... I did some casual work and then that led into full-time work from there. So I actually ended up working at a bakery for the next four to five years before I transitioned into the RMIT course. So where was the tipping point then? Because obviously if you've got your father-in-law owning the business, there's going to be opportunities for you there and you may well take it over one day. But after four or five years, you're thinking, no, I've, I've got to get out. I've got other things that I want to pursue. When did that kick into gear? I had lost the love for it. I don't think it was ever there. And I think so, obviously, music was always bubbling in the background. I was playing in bands at the time. And and then I started to have more of an interest of the technical aspect of it. I think my mind had always tended to push, and I've, I'd kind of found this through the army days and obviously through into uh, at the bakery as well. I always loved the technical side of it. And even with the army cadets, the engineering side always really appealed to me. So I was starting to really develop an idea that obviously I had more of a technical brain and that I enjoyed that side of it more. And I think as that realisation was coming forth and forth with music, it was like, you know, you can pursue the career as, you know, as a musician, but I knew that that was an incredibly hard and financially difficult route to take. So I think for me it was like, I like the idea, you know, I, I loved film score and I loved um, sound design and started to find a real interest in that and... And then I ended up um, kind of mixing for friends' bands that were just playing um, cover gigs around at pubs and, and stuff, and they would, you know, want a sound engineer or they would kind of join it themselves, and I'd come down and I'd be like, oh, I'll mix it. I think I kind of know what plugs into there and I'll, that goes there. And I think, you know, feedback for days, making a complete mockery of the sound. But as I was doing that more and more, I kind of felt a sense that that was when the calling really came into play of, oh, I really like this um, kind of side of it. It's an interesting point for you though, isn't it? Because, I mean, you've got the stable, steady career or you've got the opportunity to, to start again, but there's no real path forward. So how did you get to a point where you decided, okay, I need to go to university to study this and then narrow that down to a particular course? So I was working with this act, the, the band at the time that I was just doing the pub gigs with, and they'd got an opportunity to record a demo EP at what was then in Melbourne called Metropolis Studios, which was a really popular, probably the biggest recording studio at that time was Sing Sing and Metropolis back then. It was a real pivotal point when I remember walking through the hallway there and seeing all the gold records on the walls. And I remember that I had this kind of Polaroid picture wall and it just had all the artists that had ever worked there. And it was artists from Rolling Stones through to Will Smith, through to Delta Goodrum, through to John Farnham, like everybody was on that wall, right? And I kind of remember saying that, going, whoa, that, imagine doing something like this, right? And then so we sit in on the session and I befriended the engineer at the time and I just started t- talking to him and I was like, you know, did you study this? Where did you study it? And he had mentioned the RMIT course, the technical production course. He was like, best course, you know, for audio engineering around, um, really great lecturers and I got, you know, gained so much out of it. And obviously by this time I was a mature age as well, you know, like I think I was 20 three, 24 by then and really did want a career shift. You know, I really wasn't enjoying my, my job at the bakery at the time and, and I thought, oh, wow, w- wouldn't this be an opportunity 
And so oddly enough, I, I went home and looked up the course and would you believe that there was an open day that weekend? My then wife at the time, we were married. We hadn't had kids yet, but we were married. And um, I was like, I think I want to go and check this course out. And she's like, just do it. Let's, let's just go down. And I went down and I met some lecturers and did the course walk through. And I walked away going, yep, that's what I've got to do. And um, I signed up. So the next step is uh, applying and going through that process. Was that straightforward for you? It was. Um, there was an interview process and obviously the application process as well. I do remember them saying at the time that obviously being mature age that had my advantage, you know, that kind of came into play a little bit more for them and also a little bit of the previous experience. I'd had at least two years of live mixing under my belt and um, had talked with them technically somewhat so they kind of saw that I had some proficiency in that which I think helped, yeah, kind of get me across the line and into the course. So you got into the course. What were you studying? I mean, it's a technical production course, um, obviously primarily based on um, audio production. It was a combination of a lot of things. It was um, studio production as well as live, also music business. I think there was a little bit of design element to it as well, but it was a lot more technical focused. I kind of felt that a lot of the students were, you know, producers and musicians themselves. That seemed to be 95% of, of the students really wanted to just use that course as an opportunity to up their production skills and kind of do it that way. Whereas I had, I'd obviously been through this recording studio and I was like, I, I wasn't writing music then. It was really for me, I was, I was like, I would love to pursue a career as a studio engineer, as an in-house mixing engineer um, primarily. So... I think that kind of put me in a little bit of a different position to a lot of the other students as well. Having the advantage of being a mature age student and knowing where you wanted to go, did that mean your, your grades were always quite often higher than everyone else? I think so, yeah. I, I, I think I had, a, I had a hunger and a thirst for it, you know, so... Focused, yeah. It definitely, definitely, you know. I, I was living an hour out of town. I, obviously, RMIT is in the heart of the city, and I, so I was commuting on the train for an hour and 30 every day, back and forth, and I would just... I just latched on to study and um, would research and research and research. And then, of course, if I, I couldn't nip home for lunch, I would just sit in the library and read technical handbooks and would just immerse myself in it. The other great thing is they had a really amazing recording studio there, which you could utilise pretty much at any time. I mean, you could, you could book it, but, you know, once I got to know the lecturers, I could just sit in there and have a tinker around and just get more familiar with the, with the equipment. Having gone through it as a mature age student, uh, do you have any advice for future students coming through about how they need to prepare themselves to, to go through the interview and then transition into university life? I mean, any form of prior experience is obviously going to play, you know, onto their side, um, especially for the application process. Like any course, they want dedication to the subject, obviously. So I'd come in with a real hunger and need for it. I was like, this is, I just want to give this a shot and this is all I want to do. So I, I just remained focused. I know it sounds so cliche, but you really do. You've got to just have the, the hunger and the want to be able to do it and knuckle down. And I mean, knowledge is power, right? So just burying my head in the books and trying to um, become as versed in everything that I could or that was 
that was around music production, really, you know, and I, I think that that can obviously put you in, in good, good stead. During your study, I mean, look, there's, and you've hit on it before too, there's any number of ways in which you can go studying your degree. You knew where you wanted to go, but how did that then lead itself into potential career opportunities? How did you narrow it down a little further to say, okay, well, I could be in a live setting, do live gigs, or I could be studio production, or how did you come to a conclusion where you needed to go next? Yeah, so that was really interesting. I, I had a lecturer who ended up being a really close mentor. And that's, I mean, that's another thing that I would really recommend is find yourself a mentor. Michael Pollard, who's an incredible live engineer and studio engineer himself, is a, one of the main lecturers at RMIT. And he was the one that really gave me the foot in a lot of doors. And he did a lot of outside or extracurricular activities. So he would obviously be a working engineer himself. And any gig that he was doing around Melbourne at the time, he would just throw an email out to everybody in the course and go, hey, I'm doing this gig at the Evelyn or the SP on this night. Whoever wants to come down and give me a hand and get some on-ground on kind of training and learning, put your hand up. And I grappled onto that. I was like, this is my only chance to get in amongst it and really get immersed in this and get by his side and really see how this works in, in the real world. That really helped a lot. Looking back, if it wasn't for your education, where would you have ended up? <laughs> That's a good question. Would you I still mean, be in the bakery? Probably still in the bakery. I, I would say that I'd probably stay in, in a trade. I mean, I dare say I would have pursued a degree of some sort and kind of branched out into something else. I don't know. Who, who knows? I might have even gone back and pursued the military path again. I don't know. Yeah, it's so hard to, it's so hard to say upon reflection. Cam, very interested to chat to you about that. So thank you very much. Sound has obviously proven itself because you've gone on to do some amazing things throughout the course of your career. And really, theoretically, you're only just starting because you, you've aligned with a band now and things are kicking off big time for you over there. So we're going to talk about that in our next episode. Cam Truman is correct. To really succeed in something, you have to have the hunger and the want to do it because when obstacles get in the way, it's these drivers that keep you motivated. In our next episode, Cam talks about his career progression and how that's led to becoming the tour manager of one of the world's biggest electronic music acts, Rufus DeSoul. You're listening to the Careers Talk podcast series, Assault Studios production.